This episode of Desperately Seeking Entertainment is brought to you by HBO Now. New movies every single week, plus talk shows, docs, and more. You can watch shows like Game of Thrones, Barry, Veep, Last Week Tonight, at the touch of a button. Stream seven days free, then $14.99 per month. Cancel any time. Start your free trial today at hbo.com backslash order backslash now. Folks, this is going to be a good episode this week. I'm, I'm feeling it. I really am. Ben and I are on fire. I think we finally have a great rhythm of talking to each other, great cadence, if you will, and bringing some pretty interesting topics to the fray, so to speak. And like I said, I want these podcasts to be entertaining. I want them to be funny. But more importantly, I want them to be insightful. The ideal reaction is you listening to this and nodding your head in agreement or shaking your head in disagreement. I want you engaged. So I'm hoping that this podcast is going to definitely do that for you. I think it is. I know I was doing the same thing as I was listening to Ben talking, and I think he was doing the same when I was talking to him. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. So I'm looking forward to this week. We've got a lot of great topics, talking about everything from music to movies to TV to some pop culture things as well. A lot out there. A lot out there. So let's get it going. No need to wait anymore. Why, why, why hesitate? Why, why drag this any further than it, you know? <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into the main event. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we'll be joined by Ben, and we're going to break it all down right here on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Let's get it going. joined by my excellent, amazing co-host, partner in crime, whatever you want to call it, Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? Good day, sir. Good day. I am doing awesome. It's a great week. It's a Tuesday. It should yeah. be a Friday, but should it's be Tuesday and we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every day feels like Friday sometimes, you know? Oh my gosh. I love it. I love How was your weekend? Awesome. I have been, uh, I think I messaged you today, I have been consuming media at a record pace, trying to keep up with everything. I think the um, the podcast mentality has sunk in. I'm trying to stay up to date as as up to date as possible, so our listeners can get a fair review. But at the same time, I want to give everyone like a shout out that I will not be spoiling anything during this podcast. I might Ooh. tell you if I think that things are good or bad. I'll keep it nice and generic. You know what I mean? Ooh. I won't. Okay. I won't be getting into content because I am pretty much up to date i i believe on some really big movies that just came out this last week and of course i'm up to date on billions and a lot of different shows so um you know just to put that out there because i hate listening to podcasts when they're like well it's uh we're gonna get into this and you're walking you're like oh my god (laughs) i can't watch that anymore (laughs) thanks right so i'll try to keep it as vague as possible and then you know i like to do my full review maybe months or a year after you know what I mean? Nice. Nice. Well, I'm yeah. glad we're not recording this yesterday being April Fool's Day because I wouldn't have believed anything you'd said. So <laughs> this is good that we're doing this on April 2nd. Uh, there you go. Excellent. For, well, so for those of you folks who are listening for the first time ever, what this podcast is all about is me and Brent, Ben bringing basically our, our top five picks of the week for basically all things entertainment, things that we've seen, listened to, heard about, read, whatever it is, and basically surprise each other 
other on air with what our picks are to get some genuine reactions, good or bad, I guess you could say, on what's what's going on. So, um, and then afterwards, we basically start diving into some YouTube wormholes that we've been diving into that we call let's go YouTubing. YouTubing. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so let's get right into it. Why? Why wait? Right. Let's why? Why you know jerk around? Let's go. Let's get right into it. Ben. Yes. What do you got for your first pick, my man? Well, my first pick is a quick little article from the website Bloody Disgusting, and it talks about an SNL sketch over the weekend parodying the movie Us, which I recently saw over the weekend as well. Nice. And the sketch was really funny, and um, you definitely need to see the movie to understand the sketch whatsoever. Um, but I, I, I use this article as a great way to talk about the movie Us and Jordan Peele and you know, just like I said, no spoilers, but great flick. Um, I don't know if it's culturally as significant as Get Out, which, of course, has a lot of um, political and racial overtones in the piece. Um, it's just a fun movie, and I just love how here's Jordan Peele doing something fun with creativity. You know what I mean? And right. just taking the reins of something and making a form that's been around for a long time, you know, horror movies or yeah, horror movies really, and spinning it a little and making it his own. And it was so refreshing. It kept me guessing the whole time. And there's a certain point where the marketing of the movie, the trailer that I saw, I stopped forget. I forgot about it. There was a certain point wow. when I just knew I wanted to see this movie. So I stopped watching trailers. I maybe watched the first trailer. And I was like, all right, I'm in, you know, take my money. And because I hate watching a movie where I'm waiting for the part in the trailer to happen, <laughs> like you're like, oh, yeah, I saw this guy die in the trailer. So that's coming up. I wonder if it's coming up in 10 minutes or 20 minutes. And that's how my brain works. But this movie, I was able just to sit back, relax, turn my brain off and have a blast. Maybe nice. the first 10, 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, what does this mean? What is this? What is this? And then something happens in the movie. I'm like, okay. This guy's going to take me on a roller coaster ride. I'm in good times. That's it. That's all I had to say. No, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. I mean, the thing with Jordan Peele, and maybe this was like, I guess you could say the new brand of horror, which I'm totally digging, is like, it's a, dis, a level of a certain disturb, it's not a word, but disturbingness, if it, I, I want to mm -hmm. call it, like where... Right. You're just sitting there and then like you're thinking about it hours after the movie's over. You're thinking about it on the drive home. You know, it's it's a different type of horror that you're just like, oh, like I am shaken to the core, so to speak. And it's it's not that, you know, saw hostile gross out scare. Right, right. It's not the um, you know, the insidious jump scare, um, stuff like that. It's just that disturbing horror. And you know what I like about that is that it just it makes it more impactful. It makes it more memorable. It makes you want to create as well. It's like inspiring in a way uh, because it's like, oh, yeah, you see the thought process behind the writing and everything like that. So I'm, I'm totally with you uh, on that. And it's like with Jordan Peele, it's like who knew that he had this in him, so to speak. Like if right. you looked at like Key and Peele, I mean, yeah, it's strong comedic writing, but like <laughs> – at no point did I think this guy is going to be the next like horror or tour, if you will. Right. Exactly. And... Or, or a director that we speak about as like, I mean, even I know that people haven't seen this one, but you're still going to hold him in high regard. No matter what mm. you think about the movie, his style is there. He, the, he commits to it. 
And that's what I love about the movie. He has this great idea, you know, this great concept for the flick. And he is all in, just like the movie Get Out. He went all in on this thing. So no matter what you feel about it, if you think it's as good or as bad, I wouldn't compare them either. You know what I mean? I would just sit back, let it take you. And at the end of it, I believe everyone's going to agree that this guy is no joke. And who knew that uh, Devoin Shower Handle was this good of a director? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. And, and to, you know, now that he's like kind of running uh, the new Twilight Zone, uh, yeah. I'm just like, okay, like that makes sense. Let's do it. Let's go. And uh, yeah, no, can't wait to see what, what happens, you know, next. Um, all right. Well, that actually is a good segue into my first piece because it's also, it, also kind of horror, if you will. Um, ben, I don't know if you knew, knew this, but they're rebooting Child's Play. I did hear that. So that's actually coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, it's actually coming out the same weekend as Toy Story 4. So <laughs> I didn't know that. That's great. It's going to be a very confusing weekend for, for kids. Uh, it's like, <laughs> don't go into the wrong theater. Um, but it was announced today, and I'm surprised they announced it this late, that voicing the, I guess you could call it iconic character of Chucky, right. will not will not be Brad Dorff, who is one of my favorites. But One of my favorites, too. Obviously. Instead, it's going to be Mark Hamill who's mm-hmm. voicing Chucky. What are your thoughts on on Hamill taking the reins of this new character? Uh, if anyone is going to take it, it's going to be him. What an incredible voice actor he's turned out to be, just in general. I mean, there's again, just who knew? I know. I know exactly. His Joker is so iconic and just great. There was a great um, version of the Killing Joke that came out, um, you know, anime style uh, that came out, I believe. Just direct to video, you know. To yeah, it was like two and, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and that was one of his last Joker performances, and his voice is just fantastic, just so good. And it's not him; it's not Luke Skywalker; it's definitely not. And he goes all in with that voice work. And I've seen interviews with him just talking about him being a voice actor. And if anyone's going to take it, I mean, Brad Dourif's voice is so great as mm. Chucky. I mean, I, I always thought that Brad Dourif was almost doing a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Um, as Chucky with a little laugh in there. I always, always thought that. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. If you listen to it, you can hear the kind of Jack, <laughs> like the kind of voice, but I love it. Yeah, no, he's awesome. And, and like, sadly, he'll, he he will be missed in this movie. But, yeah, no, if anybody's going to take that that reign, um, Hamill's going to be it. So I'm on, I'm again, I'm totally on board. All I've seen is a teaser trailer for this movie, not really any footage yet. Definitely have not heard the voice in any trailers yet either. Right. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'm, I'm there. I'll, I'll be with oh. it. So, yeah, Chucky is uh, Chucky is definitely a you know in this land of rebooting, um, you know iconic characters from our childhood and you know 20, 30 years ago. Um, Chucky has gone away, and there's been a handful of bad sequels. Um, you know, not since uh, Bride of Chucky, which was awesome. I believe that was two thousand three. <laughs> uh, there really hasn't been a lot, so he's definitely due up for another movie. Definitely. Definitely. I'm always on board with toys coming alive to, you know, kill their owners. So. Is that your thing? Is that is that your thing that freaks you out? Uh, yeah. That and heights. That and heights and, and zombies. Zombies <laughs> are like real. I this podcast is just all about your fears. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm facing him head on in this podcast. So, <laughs> so my, my therapist says it's a good, you know. <laughs> we're like, going to work through it. this. Yeah. We're going to work through it through a podcast. Let's just That's do right. it. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to recommend some CBT, some DBT, and podcasting. I think that'll help you out. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. All right, sir, what else you got this week? Okay, um, also there was a Red Band trailer um, for six upcoming Alien Universe shorts that Fox is releasing on the 40th anniversary. Okay. So these are um, six little short films. I believe they're coming out to stream and they're coming out in the theaters as well. The trailer looks fantastic. You can catch it on YouTube. It says official Red Band T red band teaser for the alien 40th anniversary and i brought this up because weren't we just talking about how there needs to be more alien content within that universe and how you know um prometheus's sequel definitely you know covenant was not as good as everyone thought it should be i mean prometheus was a great flick they left you hanging i was like okay here we go we're gonna have some more alien universe and it was definitely a letdown to say the least but here we are, and the trailer looks interesting. It looks like six completely different stories just within that universe. And it looks like they're taking the great thing about the first Alien is we're not with Captain Kirk. We're not with Luke Skywalker and Alien. We're with some, like, miners <laughs> that are just some blue-collar workers in space. I mean, for God's sakes, we're, we're flying around space with Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> and chilling out and just, like, swearing and wearing shitty hats. And it looks like they are taking that and like ran with it. There's like a shot of people coming off an elevator. They look all greasy and stuff. And they just look like underpaid, overworked, and in space. And it looks fantastic. You know, here's the thing. You know, it's tough for me to try to find another franchise, maybe Die Hard, mm. where the, the, the highs are so high and the lows are so low. Oh, good call. Yeah. You know, like it's... With Alien and Aliens, I mean, my God, like part one, part two, like just knocked it out of the ballpark. And everything since has been such a letdown, such a yep. letdown. I mean, well, even well, Aliens. You, what did you think about Prometheus? What did you think about that one? Uh, oh, it, oh, really? Yeah. It was one of those movies where I was actually okay with it being not tied to the Alien universe at all. I'm like okay. – Make it its own thing. I'm fine with it. And then, like, towards the end, like, you started seeing how they're going to tie things together. I'm like, okay, well, as long as they tie it together well into a nice bow, I'll be, right. I'll, I'm all for it. And then we got Covenant, and I was like, never mind. Oh, <laughs> so, I, like, know. I know. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I think with the Alien franchise, and maybe these shorts will do it, you have to have just certain pieces and and things that are just you know put together nicely or firing on all cylinders and they just haven't in anything since aliens and maybe that's because aliens and alien are just such a good freaking movie same thing with die hard and you know i, I would say die i would skip over die hard too and just go directly to die hard with a vengeance but right. like those movies are so good that it's like man maybe the bar was set too high i don't know i don't know but like i thought prometheus prometheus got too much into its head at points right and then covenant just went even deeper <laughs> it's well, like and, and you know there's just such great you know it's it's interesting that you brought up the diehard franchise franchise and alien you know just because you have such great concepts within those pieces and if you take a look at diehard and then go to diehard with a vengeance they you know it's like okay we got away from what we're doing here in two we need to get back to John McClane and his ex. <laughs> John McClane as like this beaten up, washed out cop. You know what I mean? And I was actually thinking about the opening scene of Die Hard or when, when they actually get McClane and he's just still drunk from the night before. 
and you, you just are reminded of how much of a wreck he is and his life is and his kids are despondent and he has this ex that he's always constantly fighting with and she's moving from LA to New York possibly and it's a nightmare and it's like they took those concepts similar with alien to aliens right mm-hmm. instead of miners we had these grunt marines right that are just no shit shit kicking marines just like the miners and that was kind of what made alien and aliens great is we don't have captain kirk ready to kick ass in space we have these grunts that are ready to take orders you know what i mean they're either right. working for a corporation or they're working for the army and i love that concept and you know when prometheus came out they had those little teaser trailers where they had um the um head of the corporation in alien like giving a little speech and they had all these great little short stories and i wish they would go back to that concept you know what i mean i feel like really really scott is a great concept man and he needs to go back to his roots that way that's why i love the new blade runner that was absolutely fantastic yeah completely underrated by the way yeah and it was just so great and all the little shorts that came with were absolutely fabulous it looked like um you know ghost in the shell which is one of my favorite animes of all time and just taking those great concepts and that's what, you know, science fiction should be. It's these excellent concepts that are kind of masked around a kind of world where we have aliens in space. But these core concepts of, you know, these miners being taken advantage by this evil corporation, so evil that they're just going to sacrifice them to bring these aliens back to Earth. You know what I mean? These great concepts like that. And I don't know. They need. Hopefully these shorts are kind of like those comic books that I was talking about in the first episode, the omnibus of alien stories and they just kind of get back to that concept i'm with you i mean i i think with a a concept like predator a concept like alien a concept like basically like any sci-fi horror film that you want to bring up i I just keep it simple i mean you've got aliens loose on a a spaceship that are killing the crew left and right i'm i'm there like i don't even if you do that a hundred times in a row i'm fine i'm fine with it you know i think when you start getting into the philosophy and the origin, I mean, like well, Prometheus and Covenant. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Right. Like, just, right. just. Well, that's just why go. the first Alien is so accessible. Right. We don't need to know anything because we're just as confused as those miners. We're just as confused as Ripley. We have no idea what's going on. We just need to survive, and that's what makes it terrifying. Terrifying. You're thrust into this situation. You have no idea what's going on. You know, you're not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> right. Until three in today. <laughs> and there's a freaking alien like you know busting out of people's chests and stuff and it's the worst day on this shitty job <laughs> like I and i it. love how it's literally clerks in space because they're literally complaining about their job complaining about the company you know what i mean this freaking ship blah 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 and then they have to deal with this bullshit <laughs> it's 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 so accessible and it's a great concept everyone can relate to it i mean yeah it's great so it. hopefully this one comes through I hope I'm fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because I do love that franchise. Um, really, really love it. Um, all right. So my next pick. So I don't know if you saw, but today this is actually breaking news, kind of, because this actually happened literally today. I love so getting they, my news from you. I love it. I know, right? There you go. Fake. <laughs> this is real news, folks. Um, so I don't know if you heard. So they released a trailer. Marvel Studios released a trailer today for Endgame. And it looks insane. First of all, this movie just looks Oh, bonkers. get out of here. I didn't see the new trailer yet. Oh, my God. So it's just this new TV spot. It's like a minute and a half. But there's just this epic shot of, like, Thanos saying, like, 
everything you've worked for for has basically brought you back to me. And you just see him like squaring off with Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, just the three of them. Oh, and you're man. just like, I'm like, I'm 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 gone. Like I lost I lost it. But anyway, so at the end of the trailer they said, Oh, by the way, tickets are now on sale for opening night IMAX. And you can go to like these three sites to buy your tickets. Well, sure enough, fans did that in droves and they basically crashed every single site. Um, so like Fandango, AMC, I can't remember what the third one was, but like people were having so many issues buying tickets. Like they would pick their seats or they would like be in the process of buying it. And then all of a sudden the site would crash and then you have to go back and try to reload and try to buy them all over again. So some people are saying I might've brought, bought three tickets. I have no idea. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> And to my knowledge, I've never really seen anything like that happen before, at least in this era of buying movie right. tickets and things like that. And it got me thinking about like movie going, like viewing events where like going to see a movie w- became a social event. And I, I would say we've only probably seen it a handful of times in our lifetime, but and especially um, in this new era, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, yeah. Where, I mean, you, I, I was just going to say like in this new era where, we talk about this on the podcast all the time about how many different sources of media are there. You know, I could talk to 10 people at work or on the street or, you know I mean? At a place. And like, I'm like, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And no, no, no. And then they can respond back. Have you seen this, this, and this? I no, 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 because there's so much. And for this one thing, this Avengers MCU universe to come through this hard, it's, it's quite remarkable. And there's really only, two other times in my lifetime where I can really recall the instant, like this is like the, the op- the instant opening. Like we all are going to go see this movie on opening day mm-hmm. and we're going to go lose our shit. Like everything else, like there's something about Mary and all these other big blockbusters. There was kind of that word of mouth buildup to right. them and they became events, but like really like the two in my lifetime, I mean, it's star Wars episode, um, what, uh, seven One. or, yeah. <laughs> so one. Um, oh, well, episode you know, one, I remember before, standing in line for two hours, but okay. There, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about the quality of the movie, but I remember standing in line for it. Um, well, actually, I was, I was going to say Force Awakens and, you know what, Phantom Menace, sure. Why not? I'll add that okay. to the right. no, I, 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 Yes, Force Awakens, definitely. Force Awakens, definitely. <laughs> Phantom Menace, yes. And then we saw the movie and we're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that in the theater and, and being like halfway through being like, oh, no. Like, this oh, is not no. good. This is going to be bad. Um, and then, like going, re- like deeping, you know, diving back even further was like Independence Day. Right. Like I remember, like that weekend, like I remember standing in line at the Showcase Cinemas in North Haven, Connecticut, and a guy came up to me and said, "I'll give you twenty bucks for a ticket to go see this showing of Jesus. Independence Day." And I remember saying, and I turned it down. I was like, "Dude, what are you, what are you kidding me? Like it's Independence Day. This movie <laughs> looks insane." Again, sure that's enough, 90s, I was like, twenty dollars, man. That's, that's, that's I mean, that's when it cost like four twenty five to go see a movie, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" But like, yeah, no, that it's it's we don't get a lot of these like you have to go see this movie opening because everybody's gonna go see this thing. Um, yeah. You don't get that a lot with movies anymore. No, and I, I think it's just a testament to how Kevin Feige and all those guys have really you you have a nerd at the helm. You have someone that's truly a comic book nerd. Every single article that you or interview that you hear with him, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows the comics. He knows what he's doing. He knows everything. And it really comes through in how they have 
built this universe where it all connects and it all means something. It, it's all been building to this moment and they've really, it's, it's, it's really a testament to how they've built the universe right. Because in yeah. this world of uh, universe building in scripts and just like, you know, uh, Prometheus showing, you know, the alien at the end and all this stuff, and we've seen it not work. It's really awesome how it's paying off. And us comic book nerds, we know we've been coming to Thanos for a long time. And we knew this was going to be bad. We knew this was everything. And, you know, they're just doing it right. So even the nerds that know everything from the comics and even just people that just want to go enjoy the movies, we're all there together. You know, the people that are laughing at <laughs> Stanley, you know, laughing at a, a Mallrat script to the person that's 12. They're just sitting there enjoying the film. It's pretty awesome. And that's the crazy thing about all this is that, you know, the genius part of what Marvel did was when Iron Man and, and Captain America and Thor first came out, they were building for that first Avengers movie. That was the pinnacle for us, like 2012, mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, it's gonna, we've got the Avengers. This is going to be crazy. And then at the end credits, they're like, oh, by the way, Thanos is now involved. We're building towards something bigger. And now the journey is going to be even longer to get to that point. And it's just like, it's genius. It's genius planning. And you you nailed it. I mean, it's it's the architect, the the planning of this are are fans themselves. These people that want to see these films laid out the way that they are. And I I would say that's the big difference between Marvel and DC right now, where you've got oh, business yeah. people. Oh, oh you know, my god, it's 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 night and day. It's night my and day. God. So again, it's it's a testament to the planning that all this. I mean, first of all, if I if I pitch to you, oh by the way, I need about twelve years to get this thing to the point where people are going insane and I need to make like 22 movies. Is that okay with you? <laughs> Not a lot of studios would probably be like, yeah, do it. Go ahead. But like, you right, know, I need a billion dollars to put down to make $4 billion. I'd be like, uh, all right, I'll, I'll get back to you when I raise that billion. I mean, Disney genius, genius taking this thing off Paramount's hands. Like you guys knocked it out of the ballpark on this thing. So, yeah, and, and, and you got to steal. It's really interesting, you know, how now we're seeing, you know, Disney World expand with the Star mm -hmm. Wars land coming out and there'll probably be more Marvel themed stuff. And they're just they're taking this by the reins. And uh, to show you how much of a, you know, how great this is. I mean, when I stand with uh, my kid on the bus stop, <laughs> um, I get into deep discussions. I believe it's an eight year old, nine year old and my five year old out there about the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> <laughs> Love it. like who's you know who's your favorite superhero and of course my kid deacon he does he says miles morales i was like okay <laughs> deep cut deacon <laughs> not everyone has seen into the spider-verse <laughs> so. he sounds like the cool kid that like is in the know like that's, <laughs> that's right. like i he love what that. he's doing <laughs> Like that's when I, I mean, I remember when I was like in sixth grade and like we talk about comics, I'd be like, yeah, I like X-Men and blah, blah, blah. And everybody was like, yeah, but have you heard about X-Force? I'm like, holy shit, what's that? Like, <laughs> like Deacon is a cool kid at the bus stop right now. That's awesome. That's it was, awesome. I was very proud. I was very proud. It's a proud dad moment. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, what else you got, sir? Okay. Um, so uh, this article coming up is from The Ringer. It says, uh, don't expect Netflix's The Highwaymen to glamorize Bonnie and Clyde. Um, great article about this movie. I checked this out this weekend, The Highwaymen, with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. Um, so I've I've heard mixed things about this movie. Uh, Chris, have you seen the movie yet? I have not. Okay. Um, I've, I've heard seen the trailer things. now. Yeah. Yeah. Great trailer. Um, so I was like, I was all in. I was sitting here on Saturday night. I was like, let's put this in. 
So watched it on the uh, on the projector in the basement. And let me tell you, okay, you know, we talk a lot about theater on the show. We talk a lot about writing and all forms of entertainment. And just, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the Triple Frontier movie. And if you put some good writing on the screen with two competent actors, I'm in. You know, no matter what the film is, I, I watch people just kind of at, at their game, at the top of their game, just rocking it. And Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner have some amazing moments in this script. They are given some pretty good lines. I mean, the movie could have been... It's, it's not without its flaws, let me just say that. Um, but I, I encourage people to watch it and almost watch it like a play. It could definitely come off as a stage play. Interesting. Um, just talking about morality and being an old gunslinger. Um, almost a lot of dialogue that carries over from like the movie Unforgiven. You know, you can tell that these guys were badass once in the day and now they're sitting here and contemplating what the meaning of their lives are. It's, it's, it's pretty heady. But it's not without humor. It's not without, you know, great um, film techniques when they show you Bonnie and Clyde. And I think it's a great companion piece to the original Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty. Um, and it'd be really cool to actually, if, if someone's out there, the, the guy that did the Phantom Cut on uh, uh, YouTube, when he takes episode one, two, and three and puts them all together into an almost tolerable movie, um, I hope he <laughs> takes... Um, you know, uh, the Highwaymen and Bonnie and Clyde and smashes them together and then takes um, uh, Dunkirk and uh, In Our Darkest Hour and smashes them together because I'm in for five hours. So, I mean, that's my that's my takeaway on the Highwaymen. Just an enjoyable, great movie, great acting, great writing. Just check it out. You'll be entertained. I highly recommend it. I mean, I mean, not highly, but just just you'll be entertained. That's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And you know what's funny? It's like I've always been a Costner fan. And... The thing that kills me about Costner is, I don't know, like that whole Waterworld era, like mm -hmm. which allegedly killed his career. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, but like, how does at the time when he did that? I mean, he's coming off of Dances with Wolves, he's coming off of Field of Dreams, he's the biggest star in Hollywood, basically. Yep. How does that movie kill your career? Like, <laughs> it's like, shouldn't like it be like two or three flops in a row, or like major, major misses? Um, in a row that like maybe like diminishes your star power but i you know for him it's like i thought he was like you know had the stature to withstand those types of you know blows so to speak but i don't know i guess we we're a much different place hollywood wise back then but um well, no, i've always Chris, are, I've you, always are you really asking me how Waterworld killed kevin costner's career <laughs> yes let, let me ask you <laughs> i'm I, I, on, just because i want to hear it's the water world Come it's on, wrong. dude. It's it's a terrible movie. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But Not still, it's have, like <laughs> oh oh, it's I, I I no, I can't I can't I can't even go. We, we got a couple hours right now. We're already recording late, dude. We can't get into the get into depths it. of Waterworld. Oh, we might have to at some point though. But most disappointing <laughs> thing about Waterworld, um, you have Dennis Hopper in this movie as a bad guy, and you can't swear. It's almost as bad as Dennis Hopper as King Koopa in the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> like you have he, Frank Booth on the screen and you can't freaking swear. It's like Come he's on. covering his mouth half the time. Like, oh, I just want to say something, but I can't. And, you got to get uh, this freaking freak out of the water, this freaking guy. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> but like, okay, I mean, let me just, all right. All right, well, maybe, <laughs> okay. Can I just give you a couple things here? Okay. All right, pre-Water World, okay? <laughs> oh, I thought you were giving me some high points of Water World. <laughs> No, that, that that's let's just go. Let's not get crazy. All right. Pre-Waterworld, 
Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, JFK, The Bodyguard. Biggest star and, in Hollywood. And, and Fandango, great flick too. And Bull Durham. <laughs> and Bull Durham. Like, if we're going all the way back to 88, 87, he does No Way Out. 87, he does Untouchables. I mean, we're, he is oh, on shit. a path. Untouchables. I mean, yeah, you're right, man. I mean. He's on a path. And then, like, 92 happens. He does The Bodyguard, which, let me, let's be honest. It's a joke of a movie, but the, the song but kind of, like, huge. makes it iconic. I mean, but a huge movie at the time. Huge I mean, movie. Giant movie. Like, kind of like a, definitely a cheesy movie, you know, whatever. But that movie was giant. Giant. It was huge. And didn't she do the Super Bowl right after that, too? I remember she did. that. Oh, it was right around that time. Yeah. And right I remember playing time. Little League, and that was the song you stood before each game, too. Right. So... He he wins Best Picture with Dances with Wolves. He's he gets nominated for Best Actor for JFK. So he's on top of the world. He's on, he's like I am Kevin Costner, Mr. Oscar. He does a perfect world with a Clint Eastwood movie, which is not great, but you know it's not bad either. White Earp, which was a miss, he does the War, but then comes Waterworld hits in '95, yep. and he follows that. So it's a massive disaster, massive, yep. and. He follows that up with Tin Cup, which is not a bad movie. Not a bad movie. I not a bad Tin movie. Cup. Yep. He does The Postman, which I call Oof. Waterworld on Land. Oh, um, that's an awful movie. I watched yeah. that. I, I believe I've seen that four times for some reason. Oh, good God. I'm sorry. I don't know why. It, I think I was at a party when I was a kid and they had it. I was like, what are we watching? Right. And then he, he's gone for two years. And I think that's when like Hollywood started to say, yeah, maybe we're just over Costner. Cause then he's, I mean, he's doing like things like message in a bottle and, and for, the, uh, for the love of the game, right? For the and love of the up. game, which great is flick, you know, that's it's him going back to baseball and it is. Yeah. it's just his, his rest of his resume is just not looking good until he gets to like 2010, 2011, when he does like the company men that Hatfields and McCoy's miniseries. And then he's kind of, and then he's kind of, and then like Hollywood's starting to remember, Oh, by the way, like Kevin Costner was always a pretty decent actor. Um, and I just saw him in Molly's game that, that, uh, Jessica Chastain movie. Great in that too. So I'm, I mean, yeah, his resume weirds me out. Yeah. I think he's, you know, getting old enough and I love watching actors age and they settle into, older roles and you know sometimes these actors needed to get old to get to this place definitely not every actor you know what i mean kevin costner wicked young great you know bangs out those flicks and maybe we needed him to get to the stage in his life to start taking these older roles and this one was you know it's like in, in local theater you know you have to be a certain age to play scrooge <laughs> you know what i mean That's you know you, there's only so much clown white you can put in your sideburns and you're like, all right, guy, you're 22. You're not, you know, <laughs> screwed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this one, I think it's a perfect role for him right now at his life. And of course, Woody Harrelson apparently is my favorite on-screen detective of all time uh, between Ooh. this and True Detective. So um, I'm in. If if Woody does anything with crime where he's solving a crime, I'm in. <laughs> you're good. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So my next pick here. Yeah. Um, have you watched the show Barry on HBO? Of course, sir. Of course. Dude, first of all, for those folks out there that are were complaining that Barry won all those Emmys, you know, best oh. actor for Bill Hader, best supporting actor for Henry Winkler, you haven't watched the show. First of all, uh, these guys are freaking brilliant. Number and one. And I was, and I was, you know, Atlanta season two, one of my favorite seasons of TV like ever, just groundbreaking. And if it lost to anyone else except for Barry, 
I think Donald Glover would have been disappointed, but you, that show's so good. They're both show's really so good. good. Yeah. Show's so good. But what I love most about Barry are obviously, you know, the comedy is great, but the acting classes, the scenes of the acting classes. <laughs> Henry Winkler. Is so and great. Henry Winkler is on, he's next level in this show, first of yep. all. I mean, for those of you out there that still just think of him as the Fonz, like, stop it. Like, he's, he's too good of an actor to just be pinpointed at anywhere. But, um, some of his some of his lessons make sense to me. Like some yeah, of them might be like pretty good. I was like, yeah, okay, I've I've heard those things before. And some of them I'm like, oh god, like no, like I, <laughs> it's like the wrong way to teach people. But I wanted to get your thoughts, sir. You know, you and I have both taken a lot of classes and lessons and been mm-hmm. in a lot of shows. What is like the worst advice you've ever heard as an actor from a director, from a teacher, where you're just like, I don't know if that's right. Like, so, or maybe most preposterous, I guess you could say. Whoa. Oh, I wasn't expecting to go there. Um, I know, right? <laughs> on, uh, on Barry, there is, you know, you can tell that Henry Winkler's character is definitely based on people that he's worked with, Bill Hader's worked with, and known. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because Bill mm-hmm. Hader, you know, has done improv before, and that's where he was discovered. Uh, and so I love that all of these little things that Henry Winkler is doing, it, it reminds me of so many directors. Um <laughs> but I don't know about the the most preposterous note. <laughs> oh man, you got me stumped on this one. All right, well, I'll go first. While you're thinking, I'll go first. Okay, go ahead, go so, ahead. Um, I was doing a show. Oh, gosh, they're gonna probably listen to this, but you know, who cares? <laughs> Whatever. Um, I was I was doing a show, and I was uh, it's called Laughter on the Twenty Third Floor. It's a Neil mm-hmm. Simon play, and I was playing the role of Lucas Brickman. And folks, just to remind you, you can't probably tell from my voice, I am Korean American. So I'm playing a role called Lucas Brickman, who is obviously based on either a young Neil Simon, a young Woody Allen. I can't remember who he based that character off of. Um, And I was told by my director that, um, look, can you act more Jewish? Whoa. And I, (laughs) I was like, wow, wait, like how? What do you mean Jewish? You know, like, you know, like be really, you know, uh, I guess you could say whiny. I was like, wait, wait, what? Wow. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so not only a wrong acting note, but extremely racist. That's bad. Extremely That's anti-Semitic. Racist. And yeah. um, it was it was like, and I'm looking at the other actors in the crew, and some of them are are Jewish. And I was like, guys, is this what you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> um so yeah, that was a that was a weird. So again, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just kind of sound like I, I. So I basically did like a Woody Allen impression, and that's what he. And that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted, oh, and great. I. Yeah, and I was right. like, well, then why don't you just say Woody Allen? Just say like, Woody the... Allen or George from Seinfeld season <laughs> one or something. You know what I mean? Right. So oh, folks, if you're God. a director out there, please do not ever say, "Hey, can you act more Asian or can you act more <laughs> black or Latino and put some sass into it?" Like, you know, like don't. Don't say those things. <laughs> there's a way, um, there's a better way to describe. You know, for mine, I, I've worked. I've been pretty lucky um, to work with some directors, even in local theater and regional theater, that are just awesome, just great. And you can tell they've been doing it for a while, and you can trust them. And um, sometimes they give you notes just to try something different. And and I and I really respect that when a director says, "Hey, can you try it like this? Let's just try it like that, and then we can go back the other way if we don't like it." I, I love that. You know what I mean? Nice. I love that note so much. Um, the the one I had a director 
I'm not going to say when, but it was during a local show and he just wasn't there. He was never there. Like physically or mentally? Physically there. <laughs> oh, so he had a director's assistant who would come in and she was great and she would watch, but she really wasn't allowed to give notes, you know, and I became friends with her and I asked her, you know, how am I doing, blah, blah, blah. And she was very cordial and we became really good friends. So, um, but she kind of had to go behind the scenes and give me notes. And then this director would stroll in, you know, I understand it's local theater. We're not getting paid. We're doing it for the love of the stage and all that. Um, but this dude rolls in halfway through this, we're doing pretty much a line rundown. You know what I mean? We're, we're not in dress or anything like that. We're probably like three, four weeks out and everyone's just trying to get their lines down. So I'm like, Hey, you know, while there's no director here, why don't we just do the thing? We'll all stand around. We'll just kind of do the blocking really quick and say our lines really quick. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is a very like talking a speed play. Through. Yep. Speed right. through. And so this guy rolls in and starts giving notes on our performance. Oh. And it's like, well, you're saying this way too quick and you should be here. And why aren't you following your blocking? And the guy freaked out, sat us down. And no matter if we said, hey, we're just doing a speed through. He wouldn't hear it, and he he could already tell that he would already made his he drew his line in the sand, and he would not back down whatsoever. And oh, so geez. he sat us all down and made us start from the beginning, even though we had been going since like let's say six p.m. He rolls in at seven, and we had to restart everything. It was quite ridiculous. Oh, so so I have gotten to those like power struggles, those like dick swinging power struggles with the directors, and that is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Especially in like a local theater. We're not, we're not getting paid. We're not like a, you know, union or anything like that. It's, it's really just for fun anyway. Right. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that irks me a ton. I hear you, man. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. All right. So what do you got for your number four? Number four. Uh, we got, um, Ooh, I had a couple picks. Uh, let's do this one. So uh, this was from last week. There was a great video with Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves saying that Bill and Ted three is being shot and William Sad- Sadler, who was also in the Highwaymen, actually it's a great transition, who nice. played death in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, he is confirmed for death. So death will play a role in Bill and Ted's three. <laughs> I just can't wait. That's um, two out of three. I know. And I was, and someone at work was telling me, they're like, Oh, what a, what a bummer that, um, George Carlin won't be in it. And I was like, Oh, also Clarence Clemens from the E street band, you know what I mean? Party on dudes. Like, He's the, he won't be in it as well, but I go, wait, don't we have reverse CGI now? They might be in it. Oh. I know. We'll get someone to do a um a uh impression here and there, but I think we might be able to handle it. The video was awesome. This has been in the making for a long time. And Chris, have you heard what the concept is? A little bit, but go ahead. Tell me, tell me anyway. I think the concept, the thing that I've heard played around, and I think it's from interviews with Keanu and stuff. Is the gag is so Wild Stallions is supposed to be this great band that saves the world and everyone comes together, but in the third one, they're getting old and they still haven't done it, <laughs> and everyone <laughs> is still waiting for them and like they still haven't <laughs> learned anything or done mm-hmm. anything and they're just like washed up and so I can't wait. It's it sounds great, great concept. I hope they just run with it. You know, it's funny. I was actually I was on the the fence about saying something about this too uh, when I was looking at some stuff at, from this past week. When my wife and I last week watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because um, yep. it was on one of the streaming networks. Have you shown like, the kid yet? 
He could love that movie. Yeah, he loved it. Did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, it was funny because some of the things have aged well, and other things have not, definitely not aged well. When like <laughs> when they when they like when uh, when Bill or Ted sees that, or when Bill sees that Ted's alive and yep. not like stabbed to death, and they hug and then they drop an f bomb, <laughs> like um oh yeah dude <laughs> it's like the fag bomb and i'm like okay oh, you, the FAG, but yes yeah. yeah you can't you can't probably say that today um but oh dude i totally forgot about that oh my god <laughs> like, um but yeah no like a lot of that movie still holds up and like I, you know it's it's amazing how much that movie has stayed with me and I, I not even known it. Like I had ice cream a couple of years ago. As soon as I finished the dish, I said Ziggy Piggy to myself. Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> like it still resonates. Still resonates. And I don't know. Like that movie, I, I'm I'm down with seeing, especially Keanu with the career he's had since. Like going back to that character and seeing how he like, I don't know. Just it just works for me. And yeah, uh, I know. And Alex I'm Winter looks great. He's, he you looks know, great. he's been directing and producing, so he, it's not like he's not anywhere. He's just not been on screen. So it's right. I mean, I'm in, dude. I mean, and people forget that Alex Winter was in The Outsiders, by the way. Like that, he was in a badass movie before. Uh, he was also that, in so. Death Wish Three, uh, one of my faves, oh, and The Lost yeah. Boys. So yeah, heck yeah. Oh, he's in Lost Boys. That's right. I got oh, not The Outsiders. Was, Lost Boys. I was going to say. I was like, I'm, I was going to trust you on that one. I was like, <laughs> don't trust me on that one. No. Was that? Is he Pony Boy? Not uh, Thomas <laughs> Owl. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say Lost Boys, and he's excellent in that movie, by the way. So there you yes, go. Yes, There you go. I'm I'm all on board for Bill and Ted's three. Um, all right. So my next pick. All right. So here's the thing, Ben. You're you're a big music guy. Yeah. And you know, I I I love the fact that you are knowledgeable and and like about uh, a lot of this, uh, you know, different type of, of music, so to speak. You're very knowledgeable of that stuff. Over the weekend, I listened to, I just came across this band called Possessed. And it's a band that was formed in the early 80s. Uh, it's like an early 80s heavy metal, but they were really known as being one of the godfathers of what is known as thrash metal or death metal, so yes. to speak. Yeah. And I listened to them and I, you know what? I couldn't get into it. Couldn't get into it. I was like, hmm. you know, I respect as me, you know, the thing is like, it, it wasn't a sign of disrespect to the musicianship because, hey, anybody who could play an instrument, you know what? In that fast, right? In that fast, especially the drummer, you got my respect. I just couldn't get into it. So I wanted to know from you, sir, is there any music out there that you're just like, ah, I've given it so many chances, like a, like a genre or style, and I just, I can't get into it. I'm sorry. Still respect um, the musicianship, but I just can't get into the music. Well, I don't know about respecting the music, you know, musicianship. Some there's some music that is just <laughs> terrible and cranked out. You know, for me, it would be like pop country. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Up, being up here in the uh, the wastelands of Central New York, sometimes I feel like I'm outnumbered, and you know, cranking Kendrick Lamar out of my <laughs> car. <laughs> I'm like the only, everyone's looking at me like I'm like the freak, but I'm like. The rest of uh, the country loves K Dot, so I don't know. So um, that would be the one thing is just pop country. You know mm. what I mean? Listen, I, I pretty much know all of Live at Folsom Prison front to back, even with the all the little um, dialogue in between the songs. I can sing the whole thing. I can play almost the whole nice. thing. Nice. Don't get me wrong. I, I, there is country that is that is great out there. There's, um, you know, um, the Highwaymen. Of course, all those guys are great. And, um, but there's just some music and I actually like the, the, 
the way the country's swinging right now with the Zach Brown band and that kind of style, that kind of Americana kind of mandolin hard rock playing style. I like where it's going. I like that right. direction, right. but then there's just some stuff that irks me so much. And of course, Oh, well I do have like my kind of big two or three bands that are just no goes whatsoever. Do you have some like, do you, I have, I have two or three. Okay. Ready? Okay. Go ahead. And I might lose some listenership, <laughs> but um, Green Day. Oh, really? Hate wow. Them. I just thought it was just such a ripoff of The Clash. The guy's from like Oakland, but he sounds like he's British. I'm out. Hated them from day one. I didn't understand it. It's just terrible. Um, two would be Dave Matthews Band. Just totally out. I don't understand <laughs> why you would sing like that if you don't talk like that. It's not like Christopher Cross goes around like, hey, everyone, I'm Christopher Cross. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You see freaking Dave Matthews like, hi, I'm Dave Matthews. Like, what the hell? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, now, you, now, now that you bring that up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, those, those are, those are two really good pit. I, I never got into fish. I couldn't understand fish like 30 minute like jam sessions. I just wasn't into at the time. And I tried, I tried revisiting them and it still, it just wasn't like, I just couldn't get into it. I could not right. get into it. My, my friend um, Stevie is, is not working on fish with me, but he's working on grateful dead with me. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of like standoffish of it, but that one, there's a couple songs he's played for me. We were on a giant road trip to Cincinnati. So of course we had 11 hours to play <laughs> music. Good and, Lord. Uh, yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a great form to get into when you're on an 11 hour <laughs> car trip, <laughs> long form music. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no, those, those guys are big. And then like, Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on the pop country stuff. Like, you know what I'm talking about too? Yeah. Like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and it's really interesting. I mean, like the last couple of years of Grammys, like I don't think there was like, really one award for country in all the major events so mm. I, I don't i think everyone else is kind of done with it as well yeah um until like something comes along you know that's a really big breakthrough but you know country's really swing into that rock you know i mean it's just kind of the same chord progress chord progressions as country but it sounds like kind of hard rock jam songs almost like the um the way i could describe it is a star is born soundtrack you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Where mm -hmm. It's almost like the Almond Brothers. You know what I mean? It's I think it's swing into that, which isn't a bad thing. So oh. you know, I hear you, great man. Music. Yeah, let's but do it. Those are my those are my big uh, standoffish bands right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, what's your number five for this week? Number five um, is the trailer for The Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch's uh, new zombie trailer. Um, please go check out this trailer. It features. Um, Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Iggy Pop, Tom Waits. <laughs> it's kind of out of control. The cast looks crazy. It almost looks like a uh, Shaun of the Dead type parody thing mm -hmm. uh, with zombies. It looks like a lot of fun. Looks like they're just having a blast for it. Um, I don't know. Trailer looks crazy, and I'm not going to spoil all the people that are in it, but it just looks like a ton of fun. Looks like just big zombie fun, and that's what we need is more zombie movies. So here, here. I agree. And you know what's funny about that movie is it's like you you wouldn't think that Jim Jarmusch would make a zombie movie. And then you think to yourself, yeah, he totally would. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, he did Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. So if he's doing that, then like, right, sure, why not? And uh, <laughs> but my thing is like Bill Murray's already made a cameo in 
you know, zombie movie. Zombie so Land, right? I, I wonder if he's going to be in this one. But uh, you know, it's it's I'm, I'm on board with it. Yeah, more zombies the better. Um, I think it's, I mean I'm I'm also fine with people doing a different take on zombies, like different types of zombies. Like it doesn't have to always be the slow moving, you know, half decaying zombie. Like you know, be creative with it. Why not? Like right. go for it. And if if but, you think of zombies as a genre, which it really is, as invented by George A. Romero and John Russo. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, we had like white zombie, which is almost voodoo zombies. You know what I mean? Before mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, it was not the traditional Walking Dead zombies, Dawn of the Dead zombies that we see now. It was, you know, voodoo dolls and being possessed by Bela Lugosi kind of voodoo. Um, where So if you believe that this kind of genre of zombies is that new, so Night of the Living Dead is 1968, I believe. So it's only been around for a while. If you think of that subgenre of horror as being that new, we really haven't explored all the things we can do with it. Yeah, um, totally. You know, it would be great to see a uh, Jordan Peele zombie movie and see where he would take that. Ooh. And, yeah, you know, something talking. like that, like a little a switch of it. And this Jim Jaramusha, this looks great as well. I mean, a lot of my favorite movies of all time are zombie movies. You know, Dawn of the Dead, the original being included in that and George A. Romero is one of my favorite directors where here's another director where take who takes a concept and drives it and rides and dies by it like one of my favorite movies of his is Martin his uh follow-up to Night of the Living Dead oh yeah yeah and that's a great flick and when I met him in Vegas I told him that I said that is my favorite one of my favorite movies of yours and in general and he's like oh that's my favorite of mine too it was really cool we had a great talk and uh I, I don't think he really did a lot of science. This is pre-Comic-Con. This is like a long time ago. This is like 1998. This is a long time ago. And um, I love that this genre is getting a little more attention because of The Walking Dead. Let's not let's not dance around how big that show is. And I hear that season nine just wrapped up, I think, this week. And it's one of the best of the show. And they're taking it in different directions. So here, here. Let's just keep exploring this genre. And hopefully we can come up with more films that are some of my favorites. Yeah, and not World War Z, please. Uh, <laughs> avoid because <laughs> yeah, so I just heard that 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 World War Z two totally is officially just gone and done. Oh, they're they're just not even gonna try. Nope. All right, I'm fine with it. Because <laughs> that book Wait, was so. What's good. your problem with World War Z? The fast zombies. That's what got you. Uh, it's just CGI over CGI yep. resembled nothing like the book. The book, by the way, is amazing. Oh, I, oh, uh, I didn't read that. Okay. Oh, you haven't read the book? No. Don't read the book. Buy the audio tape, um, because it's it's they play it as if it's like interviews. So oh, it's like they've got they got all these different actors. Like Mark Hamill's one of them, and like, um, gosh, I, I can't remember the the rest of the cast. But like, they they actually got like a slew of actors to do these interviews. So it just sounds like you're in an interrogation room listening to stories about zombie encounters and it's freaking terrifying. So um, if you get a chance, yeah, you should listen to the audio tape of World War Z. It's amazing. Oh, great. And then, it's like an old time radio kind of thing. That's really Oh, cool. it totally a hundred percent. Right. And the that's problem great. is, is that nothing in the movie resembles the book, like nothing, like nothing that's in that, that book is in that Brad Pitt movie, which is why a lot of people are like, well, then why the hell did you call it World War Z? And so uh, okay. uh, it's very disappointing, but yeah, if you get a chance, listen to the audiobook of World War Z. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I heard there was just a bunch of problems on the making of that reshoots, yada yada yada. Uh, so just totally scrapping it, left and right, left and right. But um, yeah. and but again, like more respect to Joey Romero because like how many directors do you know basically 
are the are the genre like they, they they're the bar right and that's it and yeah. like you know there you go all right so for now my number five switching gears yep. a little bit folks baseball season is back in full swing so to speak. i might be watching the red sox as we talk right now are they winning <laughs> of course not and chris sale gave up a home run in the first but it's only one uh, zero so jesus uh, i know it's okay i, I still my five-year grace period is like in full effect right now so i'm like <laughs> not even worried about it um whatevs but anyway um so I got, I was thinking about baseball for a lot, uh, you know, because it's now back in the season. I was thinking about baseball movies that I love and adore and things like that. And um, God knows there's plenty of them. Like there's just like every single decade, there just seems to be another, you know, baseball movie that comes out. But Ben, I wanted to get your thoughts on what your favorite baseball movie is and your least favorite baseball movie is. Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I, I talked about this earlier that um, I now that I'm getting older that, Eight Man Out is Eight Man Out is my favorite baseball movie mm. because it has the most amount of baseball in it, and but I don't know Moneyball is really good, but there's not a lot Moneyball of baseball really in it. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think just just and this is totally preference call. I, there's a lot of baseball in that movie, and it makes sense. It's almost like watching the movie Hoosiers where. They, they show the games and you can tell this is the score. This is what's going on when you're showing a sports movie and they kind of flub kind of some of the basketball and you have no idea what's going on. And you're like, eh, okay, you know, and right. that's, yeah. And so that movie right now is coming up to my favorite, uh, least favorite, <laughs> um, uh, fast pitch with Freddie Prince jr. Was that called oh. fast pitch? Oh God. What was that called? Was it fast yeah. pitch? Was it? it? Did it, I get it right? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now. With Hold Matthew on. Lillard, right? Matthew Lillard, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, man. I think I got Some, it. Summer Catch. Summer Catch. Damn it. I was so close. It yeah, I watched that quite a bit in the video store. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, for me, my favorite baseball movie is always going to be Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not even a question. Least favorite? Angels in the outfield, like oh, that was all right. I mean, Rookie of the Year is good too. I just showed that. <sighs> that's a good movie, actually. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. I just Angels in the outfield. I just can't get behind it, and uh, I couldn't get behind it then. I can't get it behind it now. Maybe actually, you know what? I take it back. Little Big League. Do you ever see Little Big League? Oh, uh, with Rick Moranis. Is that Rick Moranis? I can't. Or is that can't. Little Giants or something like that's that? That's Little Giants. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, Sorry. like like no, Little I'm Big League. Folks, I'm not on the internet right now. I'm just pulling from the recesses of my brain right now. Little Big League is is about this like 12 year old kid who becomes the owner of the Minnesota Twins when his grandfather dies, and like he tries to like basically be a responsible owner. And wow, I missed that one. It's off. Yeah, most people did, and I think it's the last Jason Robots movie, which makes it even sadder. But you know what? You know what would be a great. You know what? I just came up with something. Here we go. Hot take right now. Go you know for what it. movie needs to be remade? Mr. Go for Baseball. It. I'm just looking at that right now. And I said to myself, you know what? I kind of like Mr. Baseball. Great Heck movie. Yeah. Great concept. Why don't we remake it with an American actor and Shoei mm-hmm. Otani? Just putting that out there. Oh. That movie would be the bomb, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I like that movie. I, yeah, I mean, me too. I went to the theaters down my grandfather him. to see that. Yeah. Did you? I mean, yep. psh, I, first of all, Tom Selleck has a great swing in that movie. Number mm-hmm. one. Um, and we we didn't really get any like peek into Japanese baseball 
at all. Right. So like to see like that and to see their traditions and stuff like that in the movie, um, I was all about it. I was like, heck yeah. So I know now in a day and age where we have the internet, we can watch Japanese baseball if we want. We can watch, you know, bet on Japanese horse racing. Not that I've ever done that or anything like that in my <laughs> man cave. Uh, we, we can do anything like that. And yeah, in the 80s, 90s, I mean, it was like a culture shock. And, you know, especially I think I was 11 at the time when that came out. And that was really cool peek into it, even though some things probably don't hold up in that movie as well as I remember. But um, I don't know. Tom Selleck is the man in that movie. so There yeah, is a lot of uh, unintentional racism in that movie early yeah, on. I bet. But, yeah. uh, but then they figure it out. They get they yeah. write their they write their way. And yeah. Dennis Haysbert's in that movie too. So yep. kudos to him for being both in Mr. Baseball and Major League. So hell yeah. And who actually um I just saw a video who actually hit hit all his own home runs in Major League. Stop it. Yeah, I just saw I read that it was like, you know, one of those video mojo or one of those uh uh video services that that 10 things you didn't know about Major League. They they oh claimed that he hit all his own home runs. I love that movie. And if 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 the ringer wasn't doing it for an upcoming rewatchables, I'd say let's just steal it and just do it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, I love that movie. All right, folks. Well, that's that's my five. Um, Excellent, good picks, dude. So, dude, let's go YouTube in. Woo! All right, I'm still working on that theme song. I've I've, I've I got some concept in my head. Hopefully next we'll, week. We'll get it. We'll get it. No worries. All right. So, what do you got this week? All right, I got a couple things. Um, so, folks, uh, for YouTubing, if you search live nude swearing that's my channel and just go to my liked videos i posted that on our twitter account too i'll repost a couple of these videos so you can always check out which ones i'm going to present even before we get on the air um so this week i got two main kind of concepts one is um i showed the kid um most extreme elimination challenge which is a great show from early in spikes days i think it ran from like 2001 to 2005 and what it is is a uh, speaking of it's a japanese game show and they overdubbed it and made it really funny um still holds up still extremely funny some of the references might be old um but still great and there's a couple clips on there i threw up a clip of most extreme elimination challenges best clips right on my youtube page so that was a great one and i posted on facebook most extreme elimination challenge and a bunch of my friends were like what the hell is that show? I don't even know what you're talking about. And it's a show that's really been lost. It's really not streaming anywhere. So try to find it in the recesses of the internet and you won't be disappointed. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, mine's are actually pretty, I guess you call it basic. I guess that's an insult now, like my, my basic pick for the week. But um, I stumbled upon some old stand-up routines from like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy nice. uh, over the weekend. So I just started watching them and obviously like in, through a 2019 lens and the way that we are in today, like there's, you can't say half the things that these guys said back then. But then as I was watching it, I was like, man, like, is it offensive because of like where we are as a culture now? Or is it like, am I actually offended by what they're saying? It was this weird thing where um, I couldn't tell sometimes where I was like, and I, I was just, I was trying to figure out if that was like more, societal pressures of saying like no those are bad words you can't say those anymore or it's like no that's actually you know that actually insults me so it's weird <laughs> and it just made me think about where we are with comedy nowadays and stand-up comedy and how 
it's like I hear so many things about like routines that are controversial and like, did you hear what this comic said and that comic said? And it's like, well, then what do we do anymore? Like what, like it's all about, like comedy is all about observation. And like, if, if you're technically making fun of things and in this like insult culture where it's like, you can't talk bad about that person. That's really mean. um, It's like, where where does comedy go? Do we just get up there and fart? Like, I don't, I don't get it. So I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird watch for me. Cause then I was like really happy, really, you know, thinking about it and then got really depressed. So, it was just like, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's like, go back for, folks. If for those of you who think Eddie Murphy's just like, you know, post nutty professor career, go back and just watch some of his early stuff. Go back and watch some early Eddie, uh, um, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, like all those guys. And, and just, it's just, you're going to hear comedy that you're not going to hear anymore. And it's well, great. It's funny that you you said that we almost copied each other because I was watching some uh, on my feed uh, some old Chappelle bits came up probably yeah. like 2003 came up and there's one bit and I didn't like it I'll, I'll probably post it back up and the same thing happened is the the bit got dated towards the end but it's one of the funniest bits I've ever heard and he has a bunch of funny bits Dave Chappelle and it's it's called George Washington was the worst president of all time. <laughs> I think I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny and it's just so funny and it's probably wrong now or something, but I was laughing. It was a Monday morning. I laughed. I sent it to all my friends. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like, good morning. It's time for Monday funnies. All of them were like, Oh my God, that's freaking hilarious. So maybe I'll throw that up. But same thing, Chris It's like, sometimes things are just still funny. You know what I mean? There's just Mm -hmm. some things that are funny. And for some reason, there's some comedians, some shows, especially Dave Chappelle that just they're smart. You know, Dave Chappelle is a really smart guy because he knows how to dance that line between insulting and comedy. And that's what makes it so funny. Just like Dave Chappelle's uh, stand-up that came up last year. I think it was last December, you know, a year and a half ago, uh, came out. And those comedy bits that they came out on Netflix were stellar and fantastic and still funny. So, I mean, that's what comedy is. It's supposed to kind of jar you a little, little and then you laugh at yourself. You know what I mean? hundred percent right. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Um, so we'll see where Chris, it goes. So Chris, I had one more pick for this week for you too. Whoa. Okay. I was, surprise. I was researching. I was going down. I was, I was down the, the, the white rapids of YouTube and, uh, I love it. So there's this page it's called SB nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, they have some great videos on sports. And so, yeah, just like you, I am getting way into baseball and stuff. And these guys put up, some great videos sometimes they're a deep dive into specific plays and this one uh this one uh video that they have is about the mark sanchez butt fumble oh no and it's an absolutely great video it's seven minutes and 55 seconds it's um the um let's see the um the butt fumble mark sanchez's greatest legacy deserves a deep rewind and it's this kind of video series called deep rewind where they go through this play and then they'll go into the history that led you up into this play and it is <laughs> funny and you forget all these things and he brings up everything and then there's another one where um i just watched this where they go through these weird rules that the nba has or the nfl has and there's a video it's called um an nba player once played for both teams in one game <laughs> and the guy nice. explains how this happened. It's six minutes and 14 seconds. Please check it out or go up on live nude swearing on YouTube and you can see all my like videos right there. I love it. 
I love it. Two really good picks. I'll definitely have to check those out. Absolutely. Uh, well, folks, that's going to do it for us for this week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment. Ben, do you have anything else you want to plug? Where can people find you on social media? Give it to us. Give it Give it all. Uh, really just, um, you know, check out the Twitter account. What's our Twitter account, Chris? It's Desperate for ENT. I've tried to figure out different ways that we could get our title in there. So we might change it down the road, but it's up there. So Desperate for ENT. Yeah, I'll be posting more videos. I'll be posting more articles on there as we go along. And um, yeah, for me, just live nude swearing. You can check out all my music. You can check out um, any of the like videos. That's the most important thing. So if you're if you don't live in this, you know, vast tundra of central New York, you can always go YouTubing with me. Just swing up there and you can see the videos that we talk about. And even though we're talking about the videos, it's a thousand percent better to actually watch them. That butt fumble video is, my God, one of the funniest things you'll ever see. So please check it out. As a, as a Jets fan, I will begrudgingly take, check that out. So definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I hate my life. Um, oh, folks, you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com, where we have a whole slew of new shows uh, that are coming up. We've got the brand new Theater Major podcast, which should be up later this week as well. Um, so we're, we're running full steam, uh, and uh, we got a brand new movie musical shakedown coming up later this week where we're going to be doing Fred Astaire's Royal Wedding. So that should be fun. Uh, so there you go. I know. We're going we're gonna to deep deep uh deep deep dive and go way back i guess wow. you'd say okay. fred astaire classic dancing so there you Excellent. go that's awesome dude <laughs> can't wait well folks thank you so much ben thank you so much my man this was great yeah good stuff man even the late podcast i think uh i'm ready to rock so anytime exactly exactly All right folks we'll see you next week right here on desperately seeking entertainment have a good one 